Have you been born again? Well, pastor, I go to church. I didn't ask you that. Sometimes I wonder what go to church even means. Have you been born again? Have you been born anew of the Spirit? Not a physical birth, but a spiritual birth. Jesus Christ said, and he's a pretty good authority on this, marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born again. I'm Terry Knight, the pastor here at New Life Community Church. Thank you so much for turning us on, tuning us in. I trust, as always, that the Lord's going to bless you all over the place as we fellowship together here for the next several moments. We're going to jump into a brand new teaching tonight. I'm going to try to get into that just as soon as I can. Uh, this actually goes back to about January. In fact, you're going to see the backdrop uh, still has some uh, Christmas decorations up, so-called that's okay. I want you to listen to the message and pay careful attention to it. Uh, there's a lot of talk in and around the church and in and around the world today about power, power, power. And I'm going to be talking to you about some power, but it's not external power. It's not physical power, but internal spiritual power. Now listen, there are a lot of people walking among us today who give the impression that they have it going on. Everything is just swell with their life, but on the inside, they're a wreck, they're a mess, because they have not discovered how to internalize what I'm going to be teaching you in this particular message, so I trust you'll pay careful attention. Uh, go with me, if you would, please, to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. I'm going to begin around just the middle part of verse 5. Uh, we'll read this, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to jump right on into it. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 the latter part of verse number 5, and the record puts it this way. Our gospel, the gospel that Paul preached, our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit, and with deep conviction. Not just words, but with power, with Holy Spirit, and with deep conviction. Very significant and important words in terms of the gospel narrative. Father, I thank you for each one that's turned on this telecast by whatever means, and I pray in the name of Jesus that by your word you would speak to each one, teach us some things, empower us to be about your business. We pray, we ask in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hey, don't you run off here at the end of the program. I have some pretty important things to talk to you about as we do our outtake uh, this morning or the uh, outro of the program so you hang on I'll be back here in just a little while God bless you are going to think for the first few moments that I am re-preaching part one primarily because essentially I am re-preaching part one no, I'm, I am not. I have actually pulled the study notes from part one and will be re-emphasizing a lot of them to you 
as an introduction to kind of catch you up to where we are. This is an important, very important doctrinal teaching, so I trust that you will get it. The power. Because we are real people. How many real people we have here this morning? Because we are real people with real stories, doing people things, we need the power of God's plan, the power of God. Now, let me go back and reread this quote from Christian Smith in his book, Soul Searching. I'll tell you why I'm doing this at the conclusion. He identifies the overarching theological perspective plaguing the religious lives of America's young people, and he has designated it this way. He calls it moralistic therapeutic deism. What in the world is that? He says this belief is characterized by five major tenets. Now listen to this. First, there is a God who created the world. A God? Secondly, God wants us to be good, as is common to all religions. True or false? Thirdly, the main goal in life is to be happy and feel good about one's self. True or false? Fourthly, God does not need to be particularly involved in our lives unless we need something. Then lastly, good people go to heaven when they die. I submit to you that every one of those things, the last time I said four out of five, because I didn't look at that first one quite carefully enough. Even when I said it, I felt a little bit checked. But I would suggest to you that five out of these five things that America's young people believe as a whole, those things are biblically askew. Is that important? Well, I believe that it is. What does that have to do with God's plan? What does that have to do with God's power? Listen to me very carefully. God's power comes by God's plan, and God's plan is revealed to us right here in the Bible. You get this all messed up, and it's going to have everything else all messed up. Are you with me so far? Okie doke. Let me ask you this as we continue on. What do you know about the power of God? What do you know about the power of God as characterized in the plan or from the plan of God, the Word of God. More practically, and I ask you this in part one, how have or how do you, you tap into? Meaning, how do you embrace? How do you engage? How do you facilitate? How do you release the power of God in your everyday walking around life? Does that ever dawn on you? In your everyday walking around life? It's sad as I thought about this, and it really does sadden me tremendously that some, even church folks, I'm talking about people who perch on church chairs just like you right now. Some church folks never experience 
the plan of God. Some church folks never experience the power of God as revealed to us in the plan of God. Now listen, if that would be you, can I see your eyeballs just a sec? Perhaps you never have experienced the plan of God or the power of God. Hey, that can change today. It can change today. And perhaps you've just started in your walk with the Lord. And you're like, man, I'm not sure I'm experiencing this power thing that you're talking about. Can I encourage you to be patient with yourself? And be patient with this whole thing that we know as church. And be patient with your spiritual journey as you go step by step by step by step. Study note number one in part one was this. Do I need the power of God? I'm going to tell you, from my perspective, yes, I need the power of God. I dare not stand up before you on Sunday or any other time uh, without the power of God. I am not here to perform. How many of you know I'm not a good speaker? I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not here to entertain. I'm not here to wow. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not here to wow some jury with, uh, with my articulation of certain phrases. I come to you in the power of God. I need the power of God. Why do we need the power of God? Why do you need the power of God? Pastor, you think I need the power of God? Oh, I am convinced you need the power of God. I'll watch some of you. Boy, do you need the power of God. Mm-hmm. Look at your neighbor and say, I know that's right. Why do we need it? I tried to help you to understand this, beloved. We need it to help us overcome the weaknesses of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. I would guess that each of us gathered here this morning, and perhaps in particular those listening by way of live stream, uh, have experienced some sort of weakness of the heart, mind, soul, or strength during the past days, through this past week. Am I all right? I know you don't want to amen that. Come on, if you can't say amen, say oh me. Now watch this. There are a lot of people who appear victorious on the outside. Do you know them? They appear victorious on the outside, but they are plagued with defeat on the inside. And their mind, their mind is a mess. Their emotions are a mess. I could go on and on and on. Now, check it out. The reason for that is simply because they have not learned, in most cases, they have not learned to internalize what I'm teaching you now. By the way, I'll say it again. I'm going to repeat myself. The power of God, beloved, if it can't do something on the inside, it's not much good on the outside. Am I right? Pastor, if it won't work inside me, why do I care what happens outside me? Many have failed to understand how to internalize what I'm teaching you right now. Pastor Terry, just what is the power of God? I'm headed to number one on your study notes. Here it is. The power of God is the manifestation of God's Holy Spirit. I want you to understand, again, it starts on the inside and works out. What is the power of God? Not something out there. It's something that starts in here and works out. It's a manifestation of God's Holy Spirit. Working on your inside spirit, man, to enable you to be victorious both inwardly and outwardly. We need help with our choosers. You remember that teaching a few weeks ago? 
We all have choices. Don't we need help with our choosers on the inside? That gets down to our mind, our spirit, our heart, what we choose, our steps that we choose each day. We need help with that. And we certainly need God's intervention in a myriad of ways on the outside once we settle that inside. We asked you a week or so ago, how do I get the power of God? Pastor Terry, this sounds like something. You say I need it, man, I'm convinced. How do I get it? Uh, can you get it at Walmart? Thank God, no. Well, you might get it down there, but you don't get it there. You know what I'm saying? How do I get the power of God? Here's a little parenthesis. Before I answer that question, first let's delve a little bit deeper into the nature and the work of Holy Spirit. I ask you, what do you know about the power of God? I'll ask you right now, what do you know about Holy Spirit? If I would give you a test at the end of this teaching this morning, and it had one question, what do you know about Holy Spirit? What are you going to fill in the blank? What are you going to write there? Sounds like a term paper more than a multiple choice, doesn't it? What do you know about Holy Spirit? Look back in our text passage, verse 5. Look at this very closely, latter part of verse 5. Paul says to those Thessalonians, which were a whole lot like us Ridgewayans, he says our gospel, meaning the one that he preached, it wasn't his, it was God's gospel, but our gospel came to you not simply with words, not just their teaching, not just their preaching, not just doctrinal Bible study, look at this, but also with power. When Paul and his team showed up, people knew something was going on. They were stirred from the inside out. It came not just with their words, but also with power. Look at this, with the Holy Spirit and with deep conviction. Not just a little bit of conviction, but deep convic conviction. Study note number four, a week or two ago, said something like this, and I'll repeat that to you this morning. Holy Spirit is for real. If you've ever wondered, man, is this thing real or is that just something goofy that great-grandma talked about? You know, she went to one of them weird churches. No, weird people make everything weird, so don't get hung up on that. But, beloved, Holy Spirit is for real, and there's nothing weird about him. Say amen right there. If uh, you doubt that, write, and this was on your notes last time, 1 John chapter 2, and verse 27. We're told that anointing is real, re referencing, speaking of Holy Spirit. He's real. The power comes forth by the plan. Does it seem like there's an echo in here? The power comes forth from the plan. In other words, as Holy Spirit teaches you, just what the plan is, you begin to understand where the power comes from and what the power is. Listen to me, beloved. You will never, ever, 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 ever learn Holy Spirit until you learn this. It's imperative that you develop a reading plan. Somebody tell me what today's date is. January the foist. 2023, did you write it on your check right this morning? I bet you put 22 and had to scratch it out. Sure, shoot. January 1st. What do we do on January 1st? Make them dumb New Year's resolutions. 
I've already decided my resolution this year is that I'm not making any resolutions, and I will be successful. No. Here's a great thing for you to determine, not only January 1st, but from now on, and that is to develop a devotional life. Pastor Terry, what are you talking about? I'm talking about getting you a Bible, a version that you can know and understand and clicks with you and spend some time in it every day. How many hours, Pastor Terry? Listen, I'm not going to put that pressure on you. Just spend some time that you look forward to in the precious Word of God so that you can begin to understand this power that I'm talking about. That's coupled with something else, and we'll get into that here in just a moment. I just want to put a period on that by saying this. The Word unlocks the details. The Word unlocks the details. It releases the needed clues, those clues that you will need to release Holy Spirit in your own life. Listen to this. And I, I trust that I can say this to you the way the Spirit has spoken it to me. I've wrestled with this. But beloved, Holy Spirit power is mostly realized and observed outwardly through our brothers and sisters when we see a new found passion and compassion from an individual, one who has been born again, when we see them with this newfound passion and compassion about the things of God. Does that make sense to you? In other words, if you could care less about the Bible and that's just not even on your radar, it wasn't today, it wasn't yesterday, it's certainly not the rest of this week, then probably you're not going to experience what I'm talking about. But if your interest has been piqued, your spirit man has been piqued, and you realize that there is some power available for you, listen, I'm not just talking to old people this morning, those that are 65 and older. I'm talking to you young people. You too can experience this, and if anybody, any generation has ever needed this, you do, young people. If you have a, a passion about the things of God, a hunger about the things of God, then, beloved, this will be manifest in your life. Where does that passion start? It starts with a new birth experience. Have you been born again? Well, pastor, I go to church. I didn't ask you that. Sometimes I wonder what go to church even means. Have you been born again? Have you? Been born anew of the Spirit. Not a physical birth, but a spiritual birth. Jesus Christ said, and he's a pretty good authority on this. Marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born again. John 3 and 7, he repeated that in that chapter. And he was speaking to a Jewish religious leader, a Hebrew of Hebrews. He said, you must be born again. Talking about a spiritual birth. We also know from, uh, note from studying the New Testament that it doesn't end there. We do not just get that merit, merit badge and go on about our merry ways the rest of our life. There's Holy Spirit involved in our everyday walking around affairs. Do you know Holy Spirit? Have you been born again? Have you been Spirit-filled? It'd be a crying shame for you to attend New Life Community Church for all these years and hear preaching and not understand what born again means and not understand when you've got a preacher that believes in Holy Spirit baptism not to understand what that means for you. That'd be a shame. Look at your neighbor and say, that'd be a shame. 
Now, that's the end of my little parentheses. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about Holy Spirit. I'm asking the question, and I'll repeat this. How do I get the power of God? If it has something to do with Holy Spirit and the Word, then apparently those two things should factor into this equation somewhere. How do I get the power of God? Listen to me. I'm repeating study note number five from last week here very shortly. It's not so much about getting it. It's not so much about getting it as it is learning how to tap into it and then releasing it to work in and through you. Do you get that a little bit? Most of us understand getting something. I just got me a bottle of water. Say amen right there. And I'm going to get me a swig. That was my tonsils, amen, and right there in case you want to know. You understand getting, but do you understand having something affect you, changing you, and then releasing that to work through you? Big difference in grabbing something and having something affect you and releasing that something. Does that make sense? It's meant, beloved, Holy Spirit isn't a trinket to possess. The reality is, Holy Spirit is an influential force that is meant to possess you. We hear so much in our world about demon possession and evil and so on and so forth. It's fascinating to me that the church has the alternative to that, which is Holy Spirit indwelling. We don't hear too much about that. Perhaps if we'd hear more about Holy Spirit indwelling, we would have less demon possession. Can I get an amen right there? Number two on your study notes. To get Him, talking about Holy Spirit, you purposely resolve to surrender to Him. Now I'm going to park right there for just a sec. You can take your seatbelt off if you want to. Pastor Terry, what do I surrender? I've purposely resolved to surrender to Him. I purposely resolved to surrender to something I can't see. What do I surrender? Here it is in a nutshell. Are you ready for this? You'll want to write this on your notes. You surrender all your unholiness. Beloved, we're going to cut in right there. Let me try to wrap it up for this particular session this way. Uh, are you experiencing the power of God? Now, don't let that scare you. For some folks that grew up in some tradition of kind of a, a religious setting where everything is just so mapped out, when you start talking about Holy Spirit and Holy Spirit power, some people get a little freaked out. Let me encourage you to read through the Bible, the Bible that many people say they believe in, but I'm not sure what they believe about it. When they read it, they do not take it at face value and do not seem to understand that we have a power available to us, not a physical power, not an external power, but an internal power, God's powerful Holy Spirit working within us. 
one of, if not the most important way that you can tap into that power is by developing a real solid prayer life. And that, listen to me, is not just a time where you talk to or talk at God, telling Him what you think, telling Him what you want, telling Him what you feel. Those are all parts of prayer. But one of the most important aspects of prayer is when we pause and we be quiet, we hush, and we experience that holy hush where we just quiet ourselves before God and we listen. Now, people have asked me from time to time, do you hear God? Do you really hear God? Do you hear an audible voice? I'm not real sure what you want to call it. But yes, you hear from God. It's that internal voice. Many people, most people would refer to it as their conscious speaking. It's Holy Spirit that speaks to the Spirit-filled believer and brings to us a power and brings to us the information we need to know how to walk, when to walk, where to step, whether to step this way or step that way, whether to move forward or to back up a little bit, whether to speak up or sh hush up. I almost said shut up. Aren't you glad I didn't say that? But beloved, isn't that the need for a lot of those who are part of the body of Christ today? Just to shut up. Just to listen and let God speak into their surrendered vessel. There's another word you don't hear a lot today. Surrendered vessel. And let me ask you, are you surrendered to God? Not just saying that you believe the Bible is the Word of God, that you believe that there is a God, you know, the big man in the sky, or that you believe that Jesus walked, but are you experiencing the power and surrendering to the power of Holy Spirit that is outlined for us over and over and over again, in particular in the New Testament? If that hasn't been your experience, I pray that it will soon become your experience. Father, I thank you for each one listening in to this telecast, and I pray in Jesus' name, by your word, that you would convince men and women and boys and girls, not only by the, the written word, but by your Holy Spirit, and by deep conviction, convince them that you have a purpose and a plan for their life and a power for their life if, they'll, if they will yield to it. We pray, we ask in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Before I get out of here, let me remind you that New Life has a regular schedule of activities. Now listen, church and church attendance and being a part of a church fellowship is ever as important today as it was in Acts chapter 2 and Acts chapter 4 and all the other chapters of Acts. It's very important that we as a members of the forever family of God, the body of Christ, come together. If you've been forsaking that, can you be encouraged to stop it? Let's, listen, there's some great things going on in a lot of church fellowships, even in our area right here in Henry County, Virginia. But the Lord is on the move here at New Life. What do I mean by these really changing lives? Speaking to folks, people are walking differently than they did, in particular among the young people. A lot of that had to do with our youth awakening uh, just this past weekend, and we'll look forward to sharing with you some more about that, perhaps on the program uh, even next week, as we have some uh, kind of a video record of a lot of what took place there. We meet Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. Wednesday night, we have midweek activity, something for every member of the family. It's family ministries night, and that's at 7 o'clock 
on Wednesday night. We'd love to see you. If you'd like more information, our contact information is there on the screen. Give us a call. Send us an email. Check out our website, and uh, it will help you to understand how you might get in touch with us. I've got to get out of here. I'm just about overtime here. Trust that you're going to have a great week, what's left of it. And remember, my friends, Jesus is coming back. Is he coming back for you?